When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Conference USA Underdog Podcast on UnderdogDynasty.com, SB Nation's home for G5 football. Uh, Folks, we have like, what, like 10 days, maybe a little more until the start of the 2021 college football season. And we could not be more excited uh, to celebrate. We are talking with Charlotte football head coach, Will Healy on today's program, Joe Lonergan and Eric Henry here with you once again, Uh, coach Healy coming to us live from uh, training camp, getting ready for the 2021 season. How's it going? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good coach. You know, like I said, we're just, uh, you know, speaking only for myself, I'll let Eric chime in his thoughts here too, but it feels like it's been so long, it, like much longer than it actually has been. It's only been what, six, seven months since we saw a live college football game, but it feels like it's been a solid decade at least. <laughs> well, you, you feel like you've lived five years of your life in the last 18 months. So, uh, I feel you, man. I, I have, uh, you know, it's been a long 19 months, and and uh, I, I know that I'm excited to be able to get going again. No, no doubt about that. I'll piggyback off what Joe said, of course, what Coach said there. I know this is the first time we were back in the FIU media room since uh, November of 2019. So soon enough, we'll get a chance to get out there and, and cover a practice. But uh, yeah, it's nice to have football season around, and nice to talk a little CUSA football specificity, Charlotte 49er football with Coach Ely. So Joe, I'll let you take it away. Absolutely. Uh, so, Coach, one of the big points of conversation surrounding your team this offseason has been uh, just the excitement regarding your offense. You have Chris Reynolds uh, coming off another solid year at quarterback, uh, Victor Tucker, um, all the skill and, and confidence in the world at wide receiver. Um, but uh, it seems like your running back situation, um, there's not really a clear uh, lead horse there. But how do you feel about how your running back room is shaping up currently? Well, I, I think that it may be a little bit more running back by committee. Um, obviously, you know, we still got a little bit of time to go before our first game, but um, I, I think that we're as deep as we've ever been. I mean, that there's there's six of them that if you told me they were our starting running back tomorrow, I'd feel really good about it. Uh, and obviously what we do on offense with, with running the football, it's important to have a bunch. I know we finished the year last year with just one running back, so we needed to add some depth to that room and – um, you know, got a bunch of different guys who do a lot of different things. So uh, I'm excited about the progress. I know we'll be young there, um, but we have some really talented guys that uh, have stepped up this camp. And, um, you know, I don't know, if, you know, who's going to take the first snap, but I know we got some good ones and I, I feel really good about where that room is and how they're developing. You mentioned kind of the level of youth on this team. As a head coach, uh, what do you kind of tell those guys who are going to have to step into leadership and roles with significant playing time attached uh, maybe a little earlier than they expected to when they joined the program? Well, I think that's why it's so important in practice that you got really good competition and that you're practicing at a high speed. I mean, 
you know, whether it's special teams, offense or defense, if we can compete against each other and give ourselves a good look, then you think those guys will be a little bit more game ready. And I, that's the exciting part about our practices right now is that it looks different. The speed that we're running is different. The, the you know, ones and twos, there's not near as big of a drop off as what there's been in the past. So I think those guys are getting some game game like reps and against some good players and they'll be ready for the first game. I, I, I think that we've got to make sure that this is a different type of strain. You know, these guys are going to go through for us. It's, it's really, you know, it, it's a two and a half week camp before we start school. And so that two and a half weeks, we got to make sure that we're, uh, that we're careful with them. But um, I, you know, I think with how they practice thus far, those guys look more than ready to, to get after it. Fantastic. You know, Coach, I mentioned how excited we are all just to have live football again. Um, and that includes, you know, the NFL and the pro ranks as well. I don't know if you caught any of the uh, Hall of Fame game the other night between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys, but uh, former Charlotte 49er Alex Highsmith had himself a really fantastic game. Uh, what are your thoughts on him and some of your other former players who are preparing for a new NFL season here? Well, I mean – you know, Alex had a sack with about seven and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. So hopefully he can uh, he can keep that up this year. He's been around here a lot in the offseason. Uh, got a chance to be, he's working on his golf game. So I got a chance to play golf with him. And, um, you know, just obviously extremely proud of his success in the NFL. But not only that, just what kind of person he is. I knew that Pittsburgh Steelers would love him just like we do. And so none of his uh, success comes by surprise. Uh, he's, he's worked for every bit of it and is, uh, has learned how to be a pro, you know. So I, I think he, he'll have a really good, really good year this year and a different role of being, you know, the, the penciled-in starter. So look forward to seeing him. Uh, you know, Nate Davis is a guy who started a lot of games going on his, uh, I guess it's third year now. Uh, never had an opportunity to coach him, but another guy who's been around a, a good bit, gotten a chance to get to know him, um, you know, and and know he's done great things for the Titans. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi is now with the Bengals. Had a chance to develop a relationship with him, another special human being, uh, starting off with a new team. And I know he's excited about uh, his his uh, opportunity with in, in Cincinnati. Uh, Cam Clark's with the Jets, you know, Benny LeMay's with the Colts, Trey Harbison uh, was with the Browns, you know, uh, so is Romeo McKnight, uh, Ben DeLuca's with the uh, Chargers. You know, we got a, we got a bunch of guys. We, we don't have a long history, uh, but here recently we've had a lot of guys have opportunities. And so really excited to see uh, what they do and how many of these guys can make a roster or, or at least a practice squad and, and keep this keep this hope and dream alive. About how often do you find uh, those guys coming back to campus, either to visit with you or, or speak with the team or maybe get around to golf in? You know, a, a, a good bit for the majority of them. Uh, there's a couple of them that have had a lot going on and, and hadn't been around a ton. But, you know, the Cam Clarks, Alex Highsmith, Benny LeMays, Ben DeLucas, uh, Nate Davis, those guys are around a decent bit. And, uh, you know, especially Alex and Cam and, and – uh, those guys were around a ton this summer. They all really enjoy working with our strength coach, and, and they've got their own plan. So uh, got a chance to see a good bit of them, and uh, it's it's always fun to catch up with them. How's your own golf game coming along? Uh, the clubs are up. Um, I, you know, to, to me, I, I think that there's no better fundraiser than playing golf. 
You know, I mean, you get an opportunity to spend four hours with a booster and talk about your vision for the program. That is uh, that's that's time you can't pay for. And so that's that's what I spend most of my time doing. You know, our, our staff, we have some staff outings and, and uh, that can get interesting. A lot of lost golf balls. But I've been playing for a long time and, and typically will get my handicap to a point where it's very hard for me to uh, to match it whenever I start going again in you know March or April. There's just something about uh, hitting the links that uh, makes uh, for a great, you know, bonding opportunity, like you mentioned. But question for you here regarding kind of the the rise of college football in general in terms of the level of play uh, in the state of North Carolina in recent years. Uh, Coach, you go back about a, a decade or so, and it was more or less a two horse race in that state for you know, a lot of the major in-state recruits between UNC and NC State. Um, but fast forward to now, and you have obviously, you guys have improved significantly. You have Appalachian State continuing to get better and better. And even at the FCS level, you have teams like North Carolina A&T who are continuing to impress. Uh, what's kind of been your impression of the growth of the game in this state over the last, uh, you know, few years or so? There's really good college football. Uh, there's really good high school football. And so I think that the success with the schools in the state of North Carolina shows that. Um, you obviously have some f- fantastic coaches who have done incredible jobs with their programs. And, um, you know, with that comes a lot of competition. And so, um, you know, it is a, it's a state that's very heavily recruited. Uh, it's a state where there's a lot of fanfare. People here love the game of football. And, and obviously you add the Panthers in that mix as well. Um, but, uh, you know, I've been, I've been really impressed, got a chance to be around a lot of the coaches around this state. And, um, and I, I think that we all, uh, want to make sure that people respect what, uh, what college football means in this area and, uh, excited to be able to take another step to do that this year. It certainly seems that way. And speaking of, you know, in-state competition, you guys have a, a big in-state opponent for your opening game this year on September 3rd. Duke Blue Devils come to your place to, to open the year up. How are you approaching that game uh, with your players? Well, I'm, I'm hoping Cutcliffe stayed uh, at the Hall of Fame speeches long enough where maybe he could take a couple couple days off from worrying about the Charlotte 49ers. But uh you know, I, I think that uh, I, we all know what happened a year ago. Uh, I mean, they got after us, and and uh, and it, it wasn't really even competitive for the majority of the game. So uh, we got a long way to go to to find ways to be able to have opportunities. Um, you know, it's our first Power Five game at home, um, and and playing an in-state rivalry with a Hall of Fame coach like David Cutcliffe is a is a tremendous challenge, but it's the type of games we want to play here. You know, uh, it's a big weekend in sports for Charlotte. Uh, you got App and ECU on Thursday night, us and Duke on Friday night, and Clemson and Georgia on Saturday. Game day will be here, so that's a that's a huge weekend for Charlotte. Uh, we're fortunate to call this place home. That's what I said the other day. Is that everybody else is coming here? We live here, you know, and and that is. Uh, what makes it such a special city and such a special university. Uh, but Duke is, is a uh, extremely well-coached football team. They don't beat themselves. They've got really good talent. I mean, you're talking about an ACC opponent, you know, and how well they've recruited over the years. Uh, schematically, they're very sound, and, and they, uh, they beat up on us pretty good a year ago. So uh, a tough test and, and obviously something that our fans and our players are really excited about. And, um, we got a long way to go before we're we're concerned about that one though yet. 
One last question before I turn it over to you, Eric. Uh, Coach, you mentioned those games against uh, P5 opponents, particularly the ones at home. If you look at the G5 landscape this year, uh, there's a few that uh, people I think are going to be paying particular attention to. One is yours, of course. You have uh, a number 11 Indiana team coming to Bowling Green to face Western Kentucky. And then uh, up the road, or down the road rather, uh, in Conway, you have Coastal hosting Kansas this year. Uh, what do winning those type of games do for a program like yours when you're trying to you know, continue to grow your overall footprint? Well, I think it's, you know, the the BYU Coastal matchup from last year. You know, I mean, you look at what that did for their program to put it on the map. Uh, it's huge. I mean, just not only what it does for your fan base, what it does for you in recruiting, what it does for you for fundraising, what it does for you as you're building a program. I mean, that's something that's never happened here before. You know, and not only have we never hosted a game, we've never beat a Power 5 opponent. So those are incredible opportunities that – we know how the odds are stacked against us, and and you got to play a special, you got to have a special night of football to to be able to make it happen. So it's not easy, um, but uh, it's you know it's an opportunity, and and hopefully we'll be prepared to to take advantage of it. But as far as putting your program on the map, you know, as far as uh, creating an excitement and a buzz around your program, I mean that's that's the first one at home on a Friday night. Uh, is a is a really big deal for for our university. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coach, I'll go ahead and pick up where Joe leaves off right there. And those of us who had an opportunity to talk with you or in Conference USA Media Days, you know, you talked about a lot there during your, your session there. But I want to talk about two quotes uh, in particular. I, I thought they were really telling just in, in terms of the, the human side of, of this, in terms of, uh, you know, the way last season kind of played out. The first quote, Coach, is you said that last year was not the student-athlete experience that you would have wanted for your players. Um, again, for you know our listeners who didn't have the opportunity to be on that call, I wonder if you could just kind of elaborate on that a little bit. Well, student-athlete or coaching experience. You know, I mean, to me, they're 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 both separate, but it, it's still the same goal for me. I want everybody who's on our staff to have an unbelievable experience and to be happy where they are, and to you know to know that uh, you know that the buildings may not look the same and the salaries may not be what I would love for them to to be at some point in time, but nobody cares more about your experience here as a coach than what I do, and our coaches didn't have a great experience, you know, and, and we had some guys that, that left. Uh, and I, part of it was probably because of that. So I take that stuff personally. I mean, the student athlete experience now, I mean, these guys, seven out of the nine canceled games that we had went through an entire week of preparation. You know, they expected to play the game on Saturday and had it taken out from underneath them. And so, I mean, we had multiple games that we canceled after our Friday practice. So it's not canceling, you know, and you know you're not playing the game two weeks ahead of time. This is you've put the time in, you put the practice work in, you've, you know, you've prepared via film and, and you know, you're expecting to go get rewarded with the chance to play and it doesn't happen. So, um, you know, there were a, a million different things that I could have done better as a head coach. Um I don't think that there were times, especially after we had the first few canceled, 
that I got them ready to play mentally um, because we were so transparent and so honest with them about, hey, this is what I'm hearing that I don't know if we ever got them into the situation where they were all the way believing that we were actually going to play a game. It was more like you had to talk them into that we actually have a chance to play the game uh, with as many as we had canceled. So um, I think they worried about it the entire year. Then they got tested every, you know, every two days. And uh, we had a bunch of games wiped out. And then we went two and four and, and got our rear ends kicked the last two games of the year. So uh, not a great student-athlete experience. Um, you know, I I love doing things as a team and developing a really tight-knit team. You weren't able to do that a year ago, and we're able to do that now. I wasn't able to hold them accountable a year ago in a lot of different ways, you know, and, and push them as hard in practice because you know what all they're going through, and and you're just proud of them that they're sticking it out, you know. Um, and so this year, you know, you got gone back to the basics and the accountability side, and uh, I think we've seen our team make tremendous strides because of that, and we've got a much tighter staff and football team because of the time we've been able to spend around each other. Coach, the second topic that you touched on conference, I said media days was, was in relation to uh, COVID year. I believe one of the media members on, on the calls mentioned that, you know, essentially kind of paraphrasing his statement was that you could kind of put last into the side as a COVID year. And you mentioned, you said, Hey, you know, COVID didn't get any, didn't give any coaches a pass in 2020. A lot of coaches were fired last year. I know Charlotte AD Mike Hill isn't giving me a pass and talking about that situation. And, you know, being down here and covering FIU, unfortunately, there are, you know, six, seven new coaches. Uh, it, it just wonder if you can kind of talk about that a little bit, because I feel like that's an aspect that doesn't get touched on enough that, you know, for, for those of us who are talking heads, you know, that's something we may touch on at the beginning of the year. But at the end of the year, we look at your record and say, oh, well, you know, it's time to do this or that. Um, just talk about that for a second. The fact that COVID unfortunately didn't give people in your profession uh, a pass. Well, I, I mean, I'm I'm fortunate to be in a situation where Mike Hill and I are 100% in alignment, and I didn't mean it necessarily with Mike like he's put pressure on me. I mean, no. I, I think he was 100% um, behind us with everything that happened a year ago, and and he felt it the same way we did. I'm just saying as far as this pr profession is concerned, right. you're only as good as your last year. And uh, and I don't think people, fans or, or you know, uh, sometimes in a, from an administrator's perspective, uh, you know, there are on a whole lot of breaks you're going to get. I mean, you know, you're talking about guys in the past who have been fired a year removed from national titles, you know, uh, you know, and so – it is uh, ultimately you're going to be judged on wins and losses and what the trajectory is of your program. And, uh, and I think that, um, you know, if at any point in time, you know, coaches should be judged on how last year went. How did you handle your team? How did you handle your preparation? How did you, you know, how did you communicate with your football team? I, I think coaches, I judge myself on how many guys – you know, didn't have a great experience and either didn't come back or enter the transfer portal. That's on me. You know, what kind of experience are these guys having? And so, uh, again, I take all that stuff personally. Um, you know, I, I I don't think it's ever acceptable to lose a football game around here, regardless of what's going on. We were all playing by the same rules last year and obviously didn't do a good enough job. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm fired up to try to, you know, uh, to try to make up for that. Uh, but again, hate it for those guys who aren't with us here anymore because I wanted them to be able to build on what happened in 2019. 
Coach, let's go ahead and go on the field with your, your current team. Wanted to ask you a little bit about Tyler Murray, you know, standout linebacker, of course, transferred from Troy and was one of the leading tacklers for your program last year. If you could talk about him a little bit, and then also if you could touch on the story that he shared with, uh, I guess he left a voicemail on your phone saying he was he was heading out. And- <laughs> he thinks he's funny. Um, yeah, you know, I think um, Tyler was a guy that came from Troy after being an all-conference player and had to sit out a year played on scout team for us and was an absolute wrecking ball. I mean, would ruin our offensive practices because of how many plays he would make. And uh, so you knew at that point in time he was special and you knew he was unselfish. Um, I think since then he's he's really grown into a his work ethic. I think has continually improved. What he's done in the weight room, his body. Um, I mean, he is uh, he looks different. I mean, he acts different. He works different. I mean, he, he works like he's a professional football player, and I think that's what he's going to be. Um, he's got a, a unique set of ability where he can be an outside-the-box guy or he can be an inside-the-box guy. He's instinctive. He runs well. He's got great ball skills, you know, uh, and he's physical, and he loves the game of football. Uh, but all of that being said, he's even a better human. And, uh, you know, our, our, our defense has got to rely heavily on him and his leadership ability and – uh, I look for him to have a really big year. A couple more for you, Coach. We'll get you out of here. I feel like any interview regarding Charlotte, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on Victor Tucker. He's been one of my favorite players in CUSA since arriving. Of course, a Miami native as I'm here in South Florida right now. Just talk about how good Vic Tucker is as a receiver and how you've gotten to know him since your time uh, at Charlotte. I mean, Vic is a very self-motivated kind of guy. I think he's he's as hard on himself as any coach could be. And um, he's got some of the best ball skills I've ever seen. Uh, he has a tremendous knack for finding holes and coverages. Uh, he understands our offense extremely well. And he's a guy, in my opinion, that's changed his life over the last two years. I mean, he's uh, he's always been a really good person, but I just think – his work ethic, uh, he's a machine right now. And uh, he wins every rep in practice. He competes in every single one-on-one. He's whether he's, you know, on a special teams unit or, you know, in a in a routes on air. I mean, he's gonna be the fastest and the and the first one there. Um, he's really efficient with his movements, you know. Um, and and I think that allows him to be able to win on the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, but he's just, he's one of those guys when it comes time to, you know, find ways to get the ball in his hands, you, you want to, you want to script those things up and you want to make sure that you're getting them enough touches and you're getting them in enough one-on-one situations and you feel good about those situations if you can. And so proud of him as a person, as much as anything, uh, he's been through, you know, he's got a new receivers coach now and he's been the leader of that group. And, um, again, another guy who's got to have a really big year for us if we want to do what we expect to do. Coach, I want to ask you this, and then I'll have two quick follow-ups. Uh, Tyler Hancock comes in as special teams coordinator. Can you just talk about that addition a little bit and then maybe overall that this your special teams as a unit? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Charles Bankins was a guy I played for, um, and so obviously an unbelievable relationship with him, excited for his opportunity. Um, and we, we – talked to a lot of different people about our special teams job. Um, you know, Tyler was a guy who had been at West Virginia, been at Kentucky, been around the game a lot. Um, younger guy, never called it himself. Um, 
And, you know, so it was uh, – this is his first time having full reign and uh, have been absolutely blown away by him. I think he's special. Uh, he's got an incredible energy. Uh, his schemes, I think, are really good and will, and will cause people problems. I think our, our practices and what we've been able to do uh, with working on our fundamentals, you know, I, I think have been really good. So Tyler's been an awesome addition. He's, uh, he's an incredible person. He's a lot of fun to work with. And he's a, he's a really, really bright mind in this game. So uh, he, was, uh, he was a big get for us. And, uh, you know, I think uh, our, our success on special teams will show that. Last two for you, Coach. Anyone who listens to this podcast know Joe and I are going to have a little bit of fun, specifically around food. Last time we had you on, you spoke about your love of Chick-fil-A, which spoke to my heart. Um, over, you know, the the time that we were on lockdown and quarantine, I put on a couple pounds because of just the Uber Eats of Chick-fil-A. Uh, did you did you share the same thing? Were you just getting the Chick-fil-A sent to the house? How, how'd, you, uh, how'd you manage? Well, I, I was never going to miss out on an opportunity to have Chick-fil-A. And the guy who owns the Chick-fil-A across the street here is is an unbelievable supporter of ours, Rob Rogers, and guy we played golf with with before. And um, so I was any opportunity I got a chance to go over there, I did. Uh, the, the problem with me right now, so my yearly uh, weight fluctuation, I come into camp and I'm as heavy as I'll be all year long. And then by the time the season's over with, I'll lose 20 pounds. And so what's bad is when you're like 175 pounds with a gut, you know, like that, no definition to your body whatsoever in a gut. So um, I, uh, you know, that's kind of what I was during quarantine as well. Um, I'm surprised my wife didn't ask me to sleep in the other room or at least not get, you know, uh, not, not take my shirt off in front of her. Uh, but, uh, you know, usually camp will, and, and the season will take most of that weight off. Last but not least, we'll finish on this one. Our own alumni, UDD alumni, Hunter Bailey, making the jump. By the time this podcast will be released, uh, he'll be making a jump there and covering the team full-time for the Charlotte Observer. Uh, just talk about Hunter a little bit. I know you guys struck a little bit of a relationship. Yeah, Hunter's been great. Uh, he asked great questions. He's, he's locked in. Uh, he knows a lot about what's going on with our football team. He's around a lot. You know, have enjoyed getting to know him personally. Um, he's a he's an awesome person, and uh, and he's he's very uh, he's locked in to, to what's going on around this program. And it's fun for me to be able to give him full access to whatever he needs um, because I, I you know it's always good in my opinion to uh, to let somebody see the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, that's who we are. We're transparent. We're accessible. Uh, we want you to be able to do your job, you know, and, and give you as much insight as you can for that, that you know, stuff that people want to hear or, or read. And, and uh, you know, Hunter has got very insightful articles that he writes, and, and I'm excited for him and his opportunity, too. That's a big deal. Joe, of course, I had to ask, you know, a Chick-fil-A question as a foodie at heart. And lastly, uh, you know, you could can wipe the smile off of both of our faces there with the, the glowing praise that Coach Ely has for Hunter. It's been a pleasure to watch him grow as a, as a rider in his two years here at UDD. So I'll let you close up the show on uh, on that note, sir. Yeah, totally. And Coach, again, thank you so much for your, for your praise of Hunter and of UDD in general. And I will say as an ex-offensive lineman over here, it's always humorous for me to hear people with different body types talk about what they think putting on a few pounds means. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I share with my my six year old doesn't eat very well. I mean, 
And, and my wife says it's because he's picky like I am. I'm a meat and potatoes guy. And obviously nuggets or, or sandwich uh, is really my only decision at Chick-fil-A. Um, but I used to take our offensive linemen to eat in, in when I was at Richmond. And we would go to Subway and they'd eat three foot long subs. And then we go to Moe's for me and they'd eat a burrito while they were at Moe's for lunch. And so – you know, I, I, obviously there's a different type of, uh, of appetite for those guys, but I was more than happy to feed them as much as they, as they wanted. <laughs> you know, you, you guys adopted gluttony. We were born in it and molded by it. So that's I'll right. Take it. That's exactly right. <laughs> Amazing. Well, uh, coach, once again, good luck to you this season and thank you for your time this afternoon. Um, if you all want to uh, engage with underdog a little more at underdog dynasty on Twitter at J O E H I O underscore and at Eric C Henry underscore on Twitter, uh, really looking forward to what all of CUSA brings us this, uh, this coming season. Only a few more weeks to wait. Uh, coach Healy, once again, thanks for your time. Happy football watching everybody. We'll talk to you very soon.